It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. Mom wants that. Uh-huh. Like I've had little girls in the grocery store stare at me. Yeah. And not in like a malicious way. They're just like, oh my gosh. Or they think I'm a Disney princess or something. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. But then I get to say like, oh, I'm like, I'm married to Jesus. Like there uh-huh. is that wonder. It's time for Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia Henneberry from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Wake up! This is Kyle Hyman here at the convent and campus of the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration with Sister Ignatia for Morning Jolt. <laughs> and you are the vocations director yeah. For the order, mm-hmm. what is your boundaries? Do you have like a, <laughs> is this like for the regional, local, like, regional, national, um, international? Oh, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I guess within for our province, but I'm for one from out of state as well. Like I'm right. from New York. So we do a lot of things out of state, but we're in such a great area too. So I guess it's, it's fluid. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Like national but with like regional concentration. Okay. Maybe. So, I don't have a job description. <laughs> so what is the process for a woman who's discerning being a religious sister, discerning which order to join, and what role does the vocations director play in that discernment process? Yeah. First, I'll probably say like the f- most of what I've learned is from Sister Lois, who has been the vocation director for the past 20 years. Okay. And <laughs> she's been doing a lot of onboarding with me, uh-huh. which consists of like multiple, just like Ferberinos, you know, that she just <laughs> believes in me and you're doing great. So I'm trying to like Does she take have like that a confidence. slideshow that she takes you through? And like, uh, like I'm imagining like a corporate orientation. <laughs> no, she's like, she's hilarious. So there's like drawers in her filing cabinets that she has never gone through (laughs) now she is checking them out so she'll bring out Uh just so you know like our first brochure you know just Uh as like oh that's kind of funny i think she's has a prophetic gift just like listens to the holy spirit and then Mm. tells me what she's thinking so that's actually a topic i want to talk about in the future too because at one point you you talked about when we're talking about topics Mm. we'll let the spirit guide us but exactly so i think that's a whole topic to talk about how do we let the spirit guide us (laughs) okay but back back to vocations director come back um so that process like when a young woman's like starts feeling the nudgings of jesus inviting her to discern her vocation or i want you know i just i want you just to be mine or i see those religious sisters over there like i want that to be you or like however it starts and then that sounds a pretty definitive like i want that versus Maybe. I think we're sometimes it's hard to for us to be sure of how we're hearing sure. him. But he doesn't confuse, but he also doesn't demand something. Like he doesn't coerce us or like, this is what you need to do. This is what I want for you. I want good for you. I think then we kind of get in the way of that because we get scared. But don't you find, yeah, maybe maybe it is a fear thing that there's many maybe many is not the right term, but there are young women who are torn with this call to being mm-hmm. a, a wife and a mother mm-hmm. versus a religious sister and see the, the pros and cons of each. And maybe like, and they kind of go back and forth and back and forth and really have a hard time figuring out what God is calling them to. Yes. Yeah. And I think 
each woman's different a bit, at least what I learned, like going through that process myself and like hearing some young women like talk, but I've just been impressed. I was talking to a young woman and just kept going back and forth. Like, I, you know, I know it wasn't a long-term relationship, but just kept feeling this like nudging from the Lord to like, just take time to really discern a vocation. Like he was just like inviting her and she, after a while, she, like, she couldn't deny it anymore. Hmm. That didn't mean that there were tears or, and then it was painful to make that decision to step back from a relationship that was good. But yeah, that goes deeper than a pros and cons. Like and I was discerning having to kind of mourn the loss of, okay, that means I, I won't get married. Okay. Um, that means I won't have kids. Okay. But that didn't change the call that I felt on my heart. Hmm. So yeah, you have to deal with that and uh, bring that to Jesus. I'm like, okay, this hurts. Like, what do you want me to think about this? Or like, you have good things for me. So like, what, <laughs> what is that? Um, if a young woman's like dealing with that, yeah, you have to be honest with him. Like when something hurts or when the decision's difficult, but you also have to be honest with your heart too. Yeah, you can't deny what your heart is feeling and mm. like what your heart is like really being drawn to where you're feeling peace. Because if you just like shut that off, cause like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Or that's too much. Then that's going to do things to you that you don't want either anger or resentment. So how much of your role is kind of the, the promotions of the order versus helping mm. kind of one-on-one with discernment and would you call it maybe spiritual direction? A little bit with women that are considering the order? Yeah, not technically spiritual direction, but yeah, I mean, it, you deal with things that are coming up in their prayer. So I usually am thankful when a young woman does have a spiritual director as well as she's talking to me because we can talk about like, yeah, the discernment and like community specific type things and our charism, but then like the nitty gritty of her relationship with Jesus with her spiritual director. I think that's helpful and having a, someone like a third party that's kind of removed mm -hmm. to help her with authentic discernment is also good. So, yeah, as far as like promoting vocations and then like talking to people, I guess half and half involves like traveling, going to campuses, visiting high schools, being at a lot of like different events. But the whole point of those is that women that really do feel called and are inspired when they hopefully meet some of our sisters then we like make contact with them and start a conversation and they come on a retreat. They come on a, their own personal visit eventually. Just so like, it starts with a group visit. Usually. Maybe. Yeah. Like if it can, like we usually have three retreats in a year. Okay. So usually if it can, we encourage like the first visit to be one of those. Cause then a little less pressure on somebody to just like show up at the convent by themselves. Like they're with a group, uh -huh. um, get a taste for, our way of life and our charism. Okay. Yeah. And then there could be a, a solo visit. Mm-hmm. Stay for a weekend or a week or what? what are we, it depends. It? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the young woman and the community kind of has time for. And that's more so because, yeah, a discernment retreat isn't quite the daily life. Like, that's not going to happen 24-7. Yeah. You know, but... But it's specifically designed to help with that discernment, I imagine, right? Yes. It's a It's a special time of prayer and get away from the distractions <laughs> at home and stuff like that. Like, yeah. a, like a typical retreat, but specifically for yeah. discerning. And then the talks would be like geared towards yeah. discernment or religious life in particular, that sort of thing. But then you probably also do have a tour and a oh, yeah. little explanation of yeah. 
and some fun too. Daily we life. have some fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, then the, like the solo visit would be more of spending time with the novices and postulants and just like living their life, like okay. following them for the day. And then that also gives a lot of time for more personal conversations of if you have questions that you just want to ask. You're doing a cleaning assignment and you're getting to know the sister and you can just ask her, like, what was it like when you entered or like, uh-huh. what's been really hard or what do you like about this community or, uh-huh. you know, a little more um, informal kind of conversations. What is the ratio of people that come on those retreats to those that actually join the order? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out like, yeah, what are the metrics of <laughs> vocation work? I was a business major and I mean, so I can look into that. Um, I myself actually never went on a discernment retreat oh, okay. per se. With any order? Yeah, with any order. Huh. Yeah. It worked out. <laughs> but you just did a, a one-on-one visit? Yeah, I was, um, so I went to school in Steubenville and so did some of yeah. our sisters. And so it was just convenient on like a long weekend to say like, oh yeah, I do on a see the convent like like okay just like hop in the van we're going this weekend if you want to come yeah so that's kind of how it started and what was your experience was it immediate like love at first sight like yeah this is it this is what i've been praying about um i was like yeah maybe it was i probably at the time (laughs) wouldn't have probably said love at first sight but i was like i left i was like wow i like really like that <laughs> like yeah. that was really fun or i have no idea why i really like that but i really did and i want to come back <laughs> did you feel that peace that you were talking about yeah yeah where when the sisters feel like more like family than um the time that you spent with them really like makes sense <laughs> huh. you feel like more comfortable than well oh, i just was there for like a weekend but like i felt comfortable i felt at home or did you ever feel like anxiety or doubt that this was the right option mm-hmm. i never cold felt feet if you will i, th- I felt cold uh, i don't know if it's cold feet you'll, t- you'll tell me if it's cold feet. <laughs> okay but um i feel like the only doubt per se that i would feel would be wow this is getting hard or hmm. well if i just if i just left some of these problems would stop uh-huh. you think that yeah <laughs> So the doubt was never like, Jesus, do you really want me to do this? Like I knew that this is what I was made for, but we have difficult times. Our vocation never is like all perfect. Like there's problems that happen. There's difficulties, there's struggles. But on the, I guess the the back end of that, like after those things happen, I know that like, no, I was made for this life and my life is actually better now than it was before. Hmm you know, that, that, that struggle happened or that difficulty. So yeah, I guess I was blessed in the fact that like, I had a strong confidence that like, this is what I was made for. This is what Jesus wanted for me. And I felt that like when I professed my final vows, it wasn't particularly hard. I was excited to like say the words and Mm. I was loud and clear. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I guess I had that gift of confidence but yeah some people aren't as sure you know or have doubts that you know is this what the Lord wanted me to do do you think about and forgive me if this is getting too personal we can skip it uh, (laughs) do you think about what you quote unquote gave up of having a family Mm -hmm. is that something that you think about man I kind of miss that or is there a piece of like no that wasn't my call or maybe a little both both yeah yeah I think 
I think it would be unnatural for someone, yeah, especially in like your 20s and 30s to like never think about what that would be like. So like the occurrence of the the thought I think is natural, but then it's like, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I feel sorry for myself. But usually when that thought comes to mind of like, yeah, I guess like like my friends, I'd probably have like a couple kids by now or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what would that be like? But the assurance that like, of all the like beautiful things that the Lord has let me see in the in my vocation, the young women's lives I've been a part of, just what He's done in me personally, like I'm like no, I, I was meant to do this. Well, I think it's good to hear you say that because I think a lot of us, when considering the vocation of priesthood or religious life, we've always thought of ourselves as being, you know, married and having mm-hmm. kids, and it seems like well, now I'd be giving that up, and to realize that. That's a natural desire that we have and that there are different callings. Mm -hmm. And if your calling is to to enter into the consecrated life or religious life, that those feelings don't necessarily go away. Right. So usually, especially helping women discern, like I would never want a young woman who is afraid of marriage or doesn't really want her own kids for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Like I that would be a red flag to me. I'm like, okay, like let's find out why that is. Yeah. Um, because again, that's a natural inclination. Right. So if you f- do feel like the natural desire for marriage, that doesn't necessarily preclude you from <laughs> a vocation, but the desire- that just means you're healthy. <laughs> right. Congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but the desire for your vocation should increase. My desire to live out my vows increases. Mm-hmm. My desire to to serve him, to to spread the gospel like increases. And the joy I receive from, yeah, the people that I minister to increases, you know. Yeah, you can't just have like a lack in your life. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have more too. So maybe kind of a pitch to any <laughs> single ladies listening that think, yeah, maybe this is something that God's calling me. It's, it's at least something that I should explore, something that I should discern with mm-hmm. God. Is, is this what he's calling me to? Maybe at what age would you suggest that somebody start to talk to either you mm. as a vocations director or look into going to these retreats is, I guess, what would be the earliest? Mm. Well, I think the earliest to like think about it and have it be part of your prayer should be, I mean, as soon as a little girl thinks about like putting on a white dress. <laughs> okay. I mean, we usually even think like fourth grade is a typical age for a young girl to like maybe see a nun for the first time and be like, mom, what's that? Uh-huh. Like I've had little girls in the grocery store stare at me yeah, and not in like a malicious way. They're just like, oh my gosh. Or they think I'm a Disney princess or something. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. But then I get to say like, oh, I'm like, I'm married to Jesus. Like there uh-huh. is that wonder. So like when that wonder occurs, don't squash that. Okay. But that doesn't mean your child is pinned for a religious vocation right. when they're 10. Don't, don't like, start picking don't, your name. Yeah, don't. <laughs> freak out but just encourage the wonder because it is like yeah how can people do this i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> grace um but then yeah more seriously i think into into high school so we do like it's it's strange like i think young people today mature at one point faster but not <laughs> right <laughs> so i think if it comes up again in high school i think like yeah seek out somebody maybe to talk to initially um but don't yeah, if you're thinking about it and you're in high school, like, don't freak out. Like, it's okay. Um, you have a lot of your life to go. Um, but 
yeah, first bring that to Jesus, find somebody you can ask questions. Mm -hmm. And then I think like us and a lot of other convents, like you can visit, I think ours starts at 16, maybe like going into junior year. For an um, overnight? For, yeah, for a retreat overnight okay. experience. But then it's usually in college that it's more of a more serious right. discernment, which makes sense because also everyone's freaking out about like, what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. I'm 19. Like, what am I supposed to do? Would you suggest going to college first if somebody's, they graduate from high school and they're like, maybe I should have a college education before mm-hmm. I enter, or maybe I shouldn't go into a big amount of debt before <laughs> I enter yeah. religious life? Again, it, it depends on the person, sure. but I think most everyone would benefit from some college, okay. if not four years. And if you are really certain about a vocation, then yeah, you could plan your um, education according to that as okay. far as like debt and that sort of thing, because sometimes it is a hindrance. Uh-huh. But I think the the college experience provides so much more human formation than, yeah, because up until like you've been eight, you're 18, you've lived your whole life in your parents' home. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have been decided for you. So I think having some independence and being able to integrate who am I like apart from my parents and what they want for me and all this, like I need to find my own relationship with Jesus. I need to find some independence. Yeah. You don't need to go crazy, but just like Uh. be an adult. Like, yeah, you have to be an adult and be confident in who you are, like to know your own identity, you know? Um, So yeah, I would encourage probably anybody to take some time. Is there any age that's too old um, yes, that's kind of usually case by case, but I think I forget what ours is. It's 35 maybe is what we put up, mm. put out there. I don't remember, um, off the top of my head, but it's it, because it does get harder as someone gets older because you've lived so much of your life, you know, according to your own desires or community life is, is right. difficult. So, I mean, if you've been a single person until 35 and then come to live this very large family life and then in formation you're going to be with people who are could be 10 years younger than you Mm -hmm. so that just like poses a lot of difficulties that yeah we don't necessarily want to put somebody through that case by case but yeah there is kind of this so somebody that's interested what is the best step is it Stop by, send you an email, give a phone call what would you suggest um yeah if somebody's interested our vocation information on our website my email's there. You can call the convent. I'm usually home. <laughs> so the website is? Oh, ssfpa.org. S-S-F-P-A. There you go. Sisters org. of St. Francis. Perpetual, Perpetual Adoration. Yeah. Fancy. Dot org. Dot org. And your email's on the website. Yes. Phone number's yep. on there too? Yep. All right. Uh, we are on Instagram as well if you just okay. want to like you know take a back seat and just like watch a little bit uh-huh. and then you know get comfortable then you can like check out what What's our the, daily life looks like is it the same instagram ssfpa vocations vocations yeah okay yeah all right <laughs> well thank you sister oh thank you kyle it's great to make sure you don't miss an episode subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app and until next time remember to leave room for the holy spirit you